Hello everyone and welcome back to James Cameron's Titanic Scene by Scene. I'm Brittany Butler. I'm Ethan Brim. And now we are moving on to Sunday Prayer. Before we get into it, just want to read a little bit of an email here. This was an email we got from someone who goes by Not Freeman. Um, This is someone who's a bit of a Titanic buff. And so they just kind of sent us this information, I guess, when we were talking about uh, the Titanic must make headlines thing. They just had some information they wanted to share with us. And this kind of goes into uh, the end of this scene when... Captain Smith is talking about lighting the last four boilers. and mm-hmm. uh, But I also just liked uh, something this person said as well. So they wrote to us and said, Before I start, I just want to say that I really enjoy this podcast. Even though I don't think I will ever fully like this movie, I certainly appreciate it more now. A lot of admittedly good things about the movie outright flew over my head. That right there, I was like, mission accomplished yeah i was exactly. like thank you cool. like that's amazing because you know they go on to say that they're a very big titanic enthusiast of the history so mm-hmm. clearly i think this person falls into that category of loving the history but not liking the movie for reasons and you know for us to have helped them see other sides of the movie and other good things that they never realized like that's a win in my book definitely so that was a really big compliment um in my opinion yeah anyway so they go on to say I'm writing this email mostly because of the quote, Titanic must make headlines scene. As the hopeless RMS Titanic enthusiast I am, I couldn't help but be annoyed by the omission of one key detail. Leading fireman Fred Barrett testified that on April 12th and 13th, eight boilers were out. The scene takes place on April 13th. Uh, And as far as I know, he made no reference to the last boilers ever being lit, which would have absolutely been mentioned if it had happened. And Hmm. so... The Titanic sank on the 14th? 14th, but technically the 15th. Like, it hit the iceberg the night of the 14th, sank early morning of the 15th. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just something they said um, that, you know, obviously I want to try to include all of the history stuff. So that's one person who wanted to share something with us. So thank you. I, we do appreciate the intricacies it. of the boiler. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel bad, though. Like, I want to yeah. know. I want to make sure I get this stuff straight. But anyway, anyway, I mean, the main point is that Titanic was going too fast. Yes. Like, regardless of what was going on with the boilers, all that stuff, what we do know is that the ship was definitely moving too fast through the ice field. Yeah. They should not have been operating at that speed. Definitely uh, that not. that yeah. that is that is one thing we do know. I was going to say a weird parallel. I had to look it up to double check. So Abraham Lincoln was shot on April 14th, but then he oh. died on April 15th. Oh my god. I, just, I thought when you said that I was like, "Wait, I think that's the same thing that happened with Lincoln." That is weird. It's actually I was realizing I said I it's kind of sad that Titanic hit the iceberg on a Sunday. Yeah. Well, like if you're religious at all, it's just kind of yeah, like, I know, that's what I'm saying. Ooh, especially because they had mass that morning. Yeah, you know, oh, they were singing hymns and at church, not knowing that at 11:40 that night, yeah, all hell was about to break loose. Yeah, I mean that is that is insane. Yeah. Anyway, so a mass like this really did take place. Okay. And I broke, like I said, I broke out all of my Titanic books to try to get this straight. So, again, this was conflicting information. So, in one of my books here, this is called The Complete Titanic. 
It says, Rose, Ruth, Cal, Molly, and many other first-class passengers attend a worship service and sing the hymn, Eternal Father, Strong to Save, also known as the Navy Hymn. It says, the two verses that the group sing in the movie, however, were not written until 1937. And it says, so the odds are against them all knowing the words in 1912. Odds are impossible. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like yeah. you don't say. There's no odds. It's That's an impossibility, but okay. Um, it says, they also sang a verse that began, quote, Lord, guard and guide the men who fly through the great spaces in the sky, which was written in 1915. But then, because uh, the thing was, the last line that they hang on is the for those in peril on the sea which mm. is like okay literally what <laughs> happens um yeah. yes and so i had always heard people say like yep they really sang that line like you can't write this stuff like that's really the hymn that they were singing yeah but then i looked it up and people were saying no that wasn't sung like because those verses didn't exist yet or something weird and so it turns out you like, can write this stuff yeah, you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like all this conflicting information. And so, but then I saw someone say that that line was sung oh, at, geez. at a Goodness second gracious. class sing song thing. Yeah. And so some second class people did sing this song and with that line in it. But then I'm like, okay, but then wait, then how did the second class people sing that line if it wasn't written until 1937? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many. So they had a mass for all three classes. Is that what it is? That was the other thing. So okay. that's kind of what I was wondering. Yes. So the other thing was, you know, people saying, you know, because in the scene we see Jack being turned away and saying, you can't come in here, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And so it says, Jack is prevented by stewards in Cal's Valley Lovejoy from entering the first class dining room because he held a third class ticket and his presence there was, quote, no longer appropriate, according to Lovejoy. Actually, the worship services held on the Titanic at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday, April 14th, were open to all passengers on the ship. Hmm. And then I was like, okay, that's weird. So, like, they were just allowing third-class people and first-class people to mingle in the spirit of God or whatever, you Maybe. know? Maybe. I mean, that might have and been I, was, it. I, I mean, that's how, I mean, normal churches are like that, even back then, I think. They weren't, like, yeah. they weren't first-class churches. But there was something about it when I read that. I was like, it seemed a little weird. And then, of course, I looked it up online all different conflicting things actually no there was a, a first class only uh mass and that if any third class people were there they would have testified about it and, and would have remembered mingling with first class people at you know a first class mass and and yeah. all this stuff and so and then in the book titanic and illustrated history which is widely regarded as a really solid source and was used as the Bible for the movie, so I probably trust this more than anything else. Yeah. It says that in the dining saloon, there was a Church of England service with Captain Smith, and a similar service was conducted in the second-class dining saloon, and they sang the hymn, Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past, and then at the same time, Father Thomas Biles was conducting a Catholic mass in the second class lounge, followed by another one in steerage. So it's seeming like there were three different services for the classes. Yeah. Because everyone congregating in first class just didn't really sound right to me. I was going to say, it is weird that in the movie, the mass is taking place on the first class. Yeah, it's weird that it would take place there if it was only for, if it was for everybody. Exactly. That wouldn't make any sense. At least maybe hold it in the second class. Yeah, <laughs> middle, exactly. The like middle ground. Yeah. <laughs> Compromise a little bit. 
But yeah, but if that for those in peril on the sea line was sung, I mean, this yeah, was just that's crazy. I mean, everything was like, yeah, it's just very eerie. Um, yeah. So of course we see Jack walking down the first class staircase, and he's just dressed in his little third class clothes. And I think it's just so like this was I wrote I said this is the only part that seems like they might be pushing it a little bit because yeah. it was segregated, you know. Definitely to the point where I don't think Jack could just be freely walking down that first class staircase, you know. And uh, I also love the way he says hi to Mr. Andrews. He's like, hello, Mr. Andrews. Hello, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, but I mean, Mr. Andrews is cool. So, I mean, at least in this movie, you know. So, I feel like maybe he wouldn't tell him, like, Jack, uh, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah, he's like, I don't really care. (laughs) Yeah, he was just, he had his little notebook and he was making notes about, you know, the status of the ship mm-hmm. and everything and so he was just going about his business uh, but of course Jack makes it down to where the mass is being held and he's being told by the same steward that welcomed him into the first class oh, that's what I was going to ask you if it was a, if it, I couldn't remember what he looked like yep by the same steward yeah. that guy's now telling him sir you're not supposed to be in here and trying to get him you know trying to turn him away mm-hmm. and you know, Jack's like, I was just here last night. You don't remember me? No, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I don't, you know? That's a lie. Yeah, but this goes back to what we were talking about in the first class dinner episode, which was that this guy is only turning Jack away now because of the way he's dressed. Yeah, oh, so he doesn't even look at their faces. Because he's like, you don't remember me? I'm afraid I don't. It's like, yeah. okay, well, if you were actually looking at him, you probably would. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he just saw a guy in a suit, and it was... Oh, good evening, sir. Yeah. But now he sees a guy in third class clothes and it's you're not supposed to be in here. And he's like, okay, but I was literally here last night. You know what I mean? He's not a different person than he was last night. Yeah. It's literally just his clothes. And we were talking about that, how we said, okay, but at that point, then what's the difference, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it's the same, yeah, if it's just his clothes and, and he, he's convincing, yeah, like we were talking about, if he's convincing everybody, then what is the real difference? It's just interesting when you think about it. Yeah. And he talked to him. Last he night. Literally, he said something to his face. Like, and he was, you know, trying to, and he, mm-hmm. he was talking to him like he was important, you know? It is really crazy when you think about oh, it. That's crazy. That's true. I didn't really think about it as much like that. But yeah, that's true. Like, really? Like, when I started thinking about that, I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. It's like, it is this, like, when you think of space, right? Like, actual physical space and yeah. humans, right? It's like, this human is the same human who was in this physical space last night yeah. and now the same human comes down to walk in the same physical space and now you're telling him he can't be somewhere he already was. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it's that's just, funny. It's just, it's weird. I, never mind, I interned at this company one time, unpaid, and uh, whenever we'd get someone come in for like an interview or like a new hire, they didn't know who I was. They didn't know if I was an intern or if I was high up or whatever, but they'd, all, they'd always be like, hi, and they'd like kind of like, kiss up to me but I'm like I'm just an intern you don't have to kiss up to me bro but it's funny like they don't know they just see they're just trying to make a good impression and like they just see you as somebody who's gonna maybe help them it just hit me when I was like oh he's not letting him in there just because of the way he's dressed well I mean yeah there is sort of a dress code yeah you know (laughs) I mean there is sort of like there is that you know component Mm. but at the same time it's just the fact that it's the same exact person and he's saying he doesn't even recognize him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. There is a dress code. I mean, uh, even an unspoken one at church, like you got to dress yeah. somewhat nice, but you know, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's crazy. That, I didn't think about it like how you said it, but that's true. Like, 
he just saw him as the clothes and the hair or whatever. He didn't see his mm-hmm. face. Yeah. Huh. Um, but then I wrote, I said, uh, did Jack really think he could just interrupt the mass? <laughs> wait, wait, stop everything. Oh, I mean, really, he's just like, I just need to talk to Rose. I just need to get in there. I'm like, buddy, they're in the middle of singing a hymn. Like, you're just going to walk in there and be like, hey, Rose, like, come here, come talk to me. Yeah, this isn't a Celtic dance. Like, this is an <laughs> actual ceremony. Yeah, I'm like, it just was not the best time. But I'm assuming, like, and I started thinking, like, why he maybe decided to go down to talk to her at that moment. But I'm like, maybe he knew, okay, first class mass is taking place here at this time. Like, he knew the schedule. And was like, all right, I could. There's probably a chance I could see her then. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So like, I'm I'm assuming that's obviously why he went down there, but it's just kind of funny that he's just trying to just go in. I'm like, they're in the middle of mass. Yeah. And like, all the other first class people are in there. Yeah, it's like, yeah, maybe he's never been to church before and he doesn't know. Or maybe he's like, you know, he was like, well, I was here last night, you know. Yeah, yeah. He saw some. It's to some degree like wide eyed and naive about some stuff, right? Yeah, he's like, he's like, well, I was here last night. I mean, hey, I'm getting a little cozy with these people. They'll let me in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's hopeful. Yeah, but of course, Lovejoy comes out and he's like, oh, he'll tell you who I am, you know, but then it's like, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just need to uh, Mr. Hockley and Mrs. DeWitt Bukata continue to be appreciative of your assistance. They asked me to uh, give you this in gratitude. I don't want your money, please. I just... Also to remind you that you hold a third-class ticket and that your presence here is no longer appropriate. Please, I just want to speak to Rose for Uh, one second, all right? Please see that Mr. Dawson gets back to where he belongs and that he stays there. Yes, sir. Come along, you. But then again, Jack, yeah, I don't want your money. I just want to talk to Rose. Yeah. But again, something like that, something as small as that, it's like... He could have easily taken it and just walked away. Sure. Or taken it and just stayed there. <laughs> no, yeah, but you know what I mean? They're telling him to go. So, you know, yeah. he could have been like, fine, whatever, like took the money and leave. But he's yeah. like, yeah, no, I don't even want that. And then, yeah, where he says, please make sure uh, that Mr. Dawson gets to where he belongs and that he stays there. And then he gives the steward the $20 yeah, I like or whatever that move where he like splits it in half and then he uh-huh. gives it to you. I was like, that's a sweet move right there. Yep. Yeah. And he gives it to the steward. And now suddenly again, since uh, Lovejoy has provided the steward with this giant tip yeah. or whatever, he's like, yes, sir. And like, I mean, come along, you. And just takes him. And yeah. it's suddenly, you know, just like, okay, now I'm doing whatever the heck you say. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just, it's, it's it was like 20, 10 bucks each or something. I think in the screenplay, I think it said 20 bucks each. That's a lot of money for back then. That is a lot. For a tip. I guess Ruth and Cal could kind of see through yeah, the window what was going on, yeah. and they're both distracted, and, and uh, you know, Rose is completely oblivious. And, uh, of course, once Jack is successfully turned away, uh, Ruth kind of smiles to herself while she's singing with a yeah. little smug smile, like, good, they got rid of him. And, uh, you know, and then that's when Rose looks up and it's the photos in peril on the sea. And I like that too. It's subtle, but like Rose is actually like saying the prayers, but like mm-hmm. Cal and Ruth are like distractedly like, oh, not even paying attention. You know what I mean? Again, like something with like religion now too. They're yeah. just like, eh, not important. We just got to make sure this guy yeah. is nowhere near us. But like Rose <laughs> is like, no, I'm at church. Like I got to pray. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's actually. Oh, that, nah. I'm at church. I gotta pray. Yeah, 
<laughs> she's like actually focused. Yeah, that's like trying. It's a little subtle thing there. But. I mean, but she also kind of seems like she's a little bit in a daze. Yeah, it's true. She's thinking about what just happened. Yeah. I mean, heck, like everyone. I mean, I even the, the best of us get distracted at church sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> So it cuts to Harold Bride coming uh, to visit the captain to give him an ice warning. Uh, and right now the captain is and uh, the captain and Mr. Andrews are talking with uh, Ruth and Rose, just kind of giving them a little tour, I guess, of the ship. Excuse me, sir. Another ice warning. This one's from the Northern. Thank you, Sparks. Oh, not to worry. Quite normal for this time of year. In fact, we're speeding up. I've just ordered the last boilers lit. Don't know the truth to whether or not the last four boilers were lit to make the ship go faster, like if that has anything to do with anything. But we do know that Titanic was moving way too fast. And that's that's what we know. So he... Yep. the, The fact of the matter is, I've looked it up, they got a total of six ice warnings. Really? Yes. Wow. They got a total of six ice warnings and for some reason didn't pay attention to them, didn't take them too seriously. And I I mean, that's insane. And to continue sailing at, I think it was almost like top speed, like full speed or whatever, mm-hmm. to, to continue sailing at such a high speed with six warnings telling you that there's like an ice field ahead or whatever or at least just a lot of ice or ice at all to keep going that fast and not try to it's just it's just crazy i wonder where the warning like how they get the warnings who sent like well they're like from the tele they're from telegraphs like the um the the morse code like who sees the ice and then tells them yeah any other ships that are around oh that's true other ships and stuff yeah 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 and then so like they'll like send a message to any nearby ships and you know tell them like hey like this is what's going on and yeah there there was specifically the californian was a ship that was um trying to warn the titanic about the ice but yeah in the movie and it was in a deleted scene they made the titanic operators seem like such jerks that it's like shut up we don't care like writing back to the Californian (laughs) over the top yeah and the guy's like oh my god I try to warn them about the ice and they tell me to shut up (laughs) I mean hey I mean I I mean I definitely I've heard some stories basically what happened yeah it's just crazy you know we talk about it all the time how it was just a perfect storm of insanity that led to this it's just crazy I mean, six ice warnings, like, I mean, maybe if it was one, but you know. But six, yeah. They're just being neglectful at that point. I mean, they were really trying to let you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's basically everything for Sunday prayer. Uh, there was a little deleted scene around here, because um, I guess, you know, Rose and Ruth and Cal, they're kind of being given a tour of the ship a little bit um, by Mr. Andrews and um, another person I can't remember from this particular scene. Uh, but there was one where they are showing them around the gym. And I just wanted to mention this because I think it's just ridiculous. So they are showing them all the equipment and all this stuff and they go and this is our new rowing machine where you can sit and like practice yeah and ruth goes oh please don't be absurd i cannot imagine a skill i shall need less 
Set up and payoff, James Cameron. Thank you. <laughs> Again, I'm like, one too many, one too many. That's ridiculous. Like, haha, now look, Ruth, you gotta lo- you gotta know how to row. Oh my god. But yeah, and then that deleted scene ends with like Rose punching the speed bag. There's like a speed bag, and she just goes like, oh, she just like punches it. Rocky. <laughs> I know, she just punches it with some teen angst on yeah. her way out of the gym. Nailed it. Yep. Great scene. Keep it in. I know. It was just, it was very unnecessary. But yeah. So, I think that's everything. See? Um, So, follow us on all the socials. Yeah, leave us a voicemail via Anchor. Send us an email, titanicscenebyscene at gmail.com. All that good stuff. And we will see you guys in the next scene.